Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noel Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. Noel here today with our very special guest, Michelle Rockwood. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. Awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So folks are probably wondering, Michelle, who are you in the world? Why are you here? Well, Michelle is a speaker, a coach, author of the book, Joyful Selling, with a special emphasis on ICF coaches. And so, Michelle, we are so happy to have you here. Um, Thanks so much for being here. And do you want to give us a little bit of a bio, orient us to where in the world are you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, and it is a beautiful day before we're all prepared for for ski season here. Um, But yes, I am a heart-centered coach that teaches life coaches how to sell their services in a kind of unique way that is actually in incredible alignment with the ICF, with a lot of our values as a coach. And steers away from the more masculine uh, energies that we're used to being the way we're we're taught. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got really excited about our conversation today because I have never, ever, I've encountered a lot of sales coaches, but I've never encountered a sales coach that actually drills down on the ICF core competencies as an active part of the sales process and really focuses on serving ICF credentialed coaches versus anybody out there who happens to call themselves a coach. How did you get into this work? How did you stumble into this beautiful, feminine, ICF-focused niche? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's two-part. First off, when I was taking my coach training, And I know we all have these ahas, these eye-opening moments. Well, mine was unique. When I was learning these core competencies, I kept raising my hand and going, do you know that's the beginning of a sales call? You know? And I go, wait, how does everybody not see this? And I realized, oh, you don't see this because I had 15 years of sales experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't see the connection. What you saw was the connection to your life, right? Or your marriage, or how to raise kids. And you had these ahas and I'm freaking out over here going, no, this is the beginning of the sales call or no, this listen actively or the coaching mindset. This is so important. And here's where it goes in a sales call. So that was, you know, the second part of why ICF coaches specifically is because surprise, you're amazing at sales and you don't even know it. And Everybody graduates their coach training program. And I know you do a great job of teaching coaches how to sell and how to step into serving clients, but typically that's not done in a coach training program. And so they're very angry at their coach training program. I say, no, no, no. They gave you everything you need. Let me show you where to put it in, where to lean in. And like that, the light bulbs go off. Yeah. Yeah. And then just for selfish reasons, Noel, because life is too short and I need to work with people who are aligned, who want to work this way. I'm not, this is, there are many ways to sell, no right or wrong, 
but what's right for you? What's in alignment for you? And it just so happens more often than not, ICF aligned coaches, we just get each other. We speak the same language. We understand, you know, the woo and embodiment, empowerment, goal oriented, forward thinking, all of those things. So for those two reasons, ICF coaches just light me up. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, and thank you for, for the background. I can see how having so much sales experience, you'd be able to make those connections. And we do at Lumia give our folks a, a really strong primer on exactly as you said, using your voice. What do you know already? How can you make an authentic connection with someone? And let's turn the dial away from sales as something that's scary, uh, off-putting, or something that everyone feels like, I don't know how to do this. And it's this massive mountain that I have to climb towards something that really is just a fundamental aspect of everyday human life, everyday human behavior, everyday human exchange. So this is awesome. I'm excited to dive in with you. Um, Thinking about ICF core competencies and how they can be applied to sales. Trust and safety was the first thing that really came up for me as an asset that anybody who's ever gone through coach training would absolutely understand how to build trust and safety with someone in front of them during a discovery process, you know, or a sales process. And since you've been working with this for so long, I'm sure that there are applications that you're aware of that I was not able to bring up. What are some sneaky ICF competencies that play into the sales process that we wouldn't just come to mind? The sneakiest one of all is this, cultivating trust and safety, and it's the most important. Mm. And there's something that you do in a coaching call at the beginning, every ICF and well-trained coach does at the beginning of every call. And that is you get into rapport, even beyond pleasantries, and then you set an intention for Mm. your time together. And so what you're doing, and you'll, you'll physically see a client's shoulders relax. When you do this in a coaching call, everyone listening can resonate with that. But we lose our mind during a sales call and we forget that's the very first thing you want to do as well as is to start to define that container of support in that single sales call and what that's going to look like and feel like. When you set an intention and you get clear with the client in the beginning of a coaching call as to the goals of the call. Mm, Yeah. You are, even though you might not realize, you're helping them understand what lays ahead. Yeah. You're helping them to relax. And this is the very first step in cultivating trust and safety as you go through the call. And so it's really sneaky because if you fail to do this at the beginning of the call, they're always in that flight or fight mode Mm. where they're bracing themselves for the sale or what's going to happen next, or they're not clear as to why you're asking them these intimate questions on a single call. Yeah. Now the light bulbs are going off for me because what what just came to mind is, oh my God, you can take a sales framework and and run the basic play of a coaching session. What did you come here from today? What will make our time together a success? What's a measure of success? What's the information that you want from me? Midway check-in. Are we getting where you want to go? Is there anything else you need to know? And then closing (laughs) out 
action steps? What are we going to do from here? Do I have it right? You have it right. Yes. See, Michael, it's so easy. <laughs> ICF coaches and go, oh, aha. I get that 100%. Yes. Awesome. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. I hope everybody who's listening today is going to just gain a huge boost of confidence in their ability to do this work because you're, you're making it easy for us. And, and I love that. Noelle. Yeah. Can I, can I interrupt? Can I share Ooh. something? Because I want to make sure everyone listening, there's some really big differences and similarities between sales calls and coaching calls. Mm-hmm. While there's many, many similarities, one thing I'd love to point out as we dive into this even deeper is that on a, on a sales call, you don't want to coach a client around the problem that they're having. Right. Our job on a sales call is to help them coach them around the decision to get support. Yeah. Yes or no. Are we a good fit? Is coaching the next step for you? Are we in alignment? Unlike in a coaching call, we don't want to start diving into the nitty gritty of the challenge that they're facing. Absolutely. I mean, this sounds a lot like the core tenant of coach the human, not the problem. Yep. Is this human ready? Is this person ready for support? What does this human think support looks like? What will happen if support is acquired? What will, what will the outcomes be if you are supported as a human through this generative experience of coaching? So good. So good. All right. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I've been working as a coach with the theoretical underpinning of feminist theory for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And like deep cut feminist theory, like bell hooks feminist theory, feminism is for everyone. Like, so all in on it. And then hearing you talk about um, feminine sales as an application of coaching really got me curious and kind of blew my mind. Because when I think about the interplay of how feminist coaching works, feminist coaching takes this this narrative lens of um, intersectionality, of really honoring all differences and looking at the world through a lens of how we can draw out equality for all of us? How can we raise all sorts of different voices up? So for you, as you're getting into this space of naming your sales process as feminine, what are the characteristics of it? What are the feelings? What's the emotional set? How is it, How do you drive it? Everything you said there was just so perfect encapsulating this method of which is our natural state. It's not something separate then, right? It's coming back to who we are and unlearning these systems that have been subconsciously put upon us. Mm. I had a coach who looked me in the eyes and she paused for a minute and she said, Michelle, you have a really masculine sales energy. Mm. That was my response. I said, what does that even mean? Is that a compliment? Is that an insult? Is it neither? And she, I let her respond. I said, okay, tell me more. And she said, you're chasing clients. Hmm. You're taking calls at any time of the day. You're doing anything to close a sale. And I thought to myself, ah, this is why it feels crummy. 
I'm not being true to me. Mm. I'm not limiting the calls I take, taking them at times of day that feel good to me, making sure the client is prepared and ready for our call, and then hosting a call in a way that really feels in alignment with me, with my values, with how I've been taught and coached versus what I've seen in a movie or what I'm emulating from a more masculine sales technique. And now there's so many good things about men and masculinity, of course, and this energy. But I sat with myself and I thought, okay, so if I want to tap into that feminine sales energy, how do I do that? So I started before every sales call, and I do this almost before every email I write, before every word I wrote in my book. How do I want the client to feel? Mm. When they see me, when they hear my voice, in the silence of the cadence between us, if we work together, if we don't work together, yeah. how will they feel? How will my voice, my, my being impact them? And then caring for myself. That's really important. How will I feel at the end of our sales call? And when I started operating from that energy, right, what I'm describing is almost the practical application of feminine sales energy feels amazing every time. Mm. Yeah. And, And just, you know, zooming way out from a social construction perspective of like, well, how did we get here? Right. So I love your reference point of like what we see in movies and we've been grounded in this capitalistic patriarchal culture of success at all costs. And I I think to your point, this idea of who a salesperson is in the world has become somewhat of a trope out there. Um, Just even thinking about how startup culture and entrepreneurial culture has flooded the news uh, in the last several years of, you know, lots of scams and Bitcoin going bust. And there's, there's this idea of what this kind of character looks like. So I know that you're familiar with the term and you use the term bro marketing as a juxtaposition to what you do. Can you talk a little bit about what bro marketing is, where it lives in the world, how it's impacted you and how do you think it harms folks? You know what came to mind when you said that is double dialing. Okay. This is I, it, when someone dials you, you don't answer and they call back. Ah, I'm a mom and I have three children. When someone dials me and then they dial back, there's been an accident. Yeah. Right. My whole body immediately is overcome with fear. Yeah. And bro marketers and I, many women I'm sure are doing this as well. And so we're categorizing this, not because it's men versus women, but to help understand and label something so that we can push off of it and work against it and start to go, oh, that's not okay. That's not an okay way to sell. Even if it works, that's not ethical. And I don't suspect it works for anyone. But these types of ways of selling where you're working to get a yes at all costs, where you're trying to manipulate the client through fear, you're working to overcome 
every objection with a fancy line. It feels horrible. But here's the thing too, is that it costs you and it's not right for coaching. So forget what everybody else is doing. For coaching, a coaching program, for example, if you roll, enroll a misaligned client, woo, the cost is astronomical. It impacts everyone else. It impacts the person who enrolled them, the coaches that are training them, and on and on and on. The cost is so great. So when we think about the practicality and you know, I, I hesitate. I don't want to ever knock anyone else down because if that feels good for you, if that's in alignment with your mission and your values, go for it. But for me and my people and for coaches, typically empaths, it doesn't feel good to step into these stereotypical tactics uh, that we've have been labeled in society as bro marketing. Yeah, totally. What's coming up for me, um, and, and it's it's so interesting that you know the interplay of gender is so interesting. Just even the way that different behaviors have been come to do, like to to signify male versus female over the years. I'm thinking of um, hunter gatherer, right? So from an evolutionary perspective, you've been taught, I've been taught, we've all been taught, men are the hunters, women are the gatherers. That's a gendered construct. It doesn't have to be when we look at anthropology, women were hunters too. But from a sales perspective, if you're a hunter, you're actually going to kill the thing and you're going to have a dead thing. On the other hand, on the other end, you know, so that I mean, thinking about kind of bro marketing from that position of like, you're trying to kill something versus gathering, where you're actually generative, you're, you're rolling around, you're engaging with nature, you're engaging with growing living things, you know, that which is I, I, I like that setup to kind of understand the, the juxtaposition of the two. How does that land for you? A 100%. And what we're, I hear you saying, and what we're doing here is we're redefining sales. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So how I, we're getting a sense of, of how your sales process works. And I, and I know that your book, Joyful Selling, will take us really down the path and working with you will take people further down the path, but give us the cliff notes. What does it look like to work in this method? How does this relate to integrity in action? When you serve someone so powerfully on a sales call that they remember it for the rest of their lives and you do too, you want to get on another one. Yes. And another one. And another one. And I don't know about you, but coaching has rocked my world. Mm-hmm. It has saved my marriage. It has allowed me to do things. It, it literally, I raised a million dollars after my first coach for the Cleveland. Wow. Months later. And she charged me $75 an hour and took the call out of her car. Like this is really important work. And so when you work in integrity, not only does your client feel amazing, do you feel amazing? The results are amazing. You want to get on another sales. Mm. And that's just life-changing for our industry, for all these heart-centered sales coaches, for all these coaches out there that are heart-centered. When they want to, can't wait to dive on a call, imagine how they show up on social media or how they show up when they do a presentation. They're so, so excited. Yeah, there's this undercurrent of connection 
that's that's rolling through you know this entire concept because when when their relationship is electrifying and you want more and more and more of it it's because you you've connected deeply and the person on the other end feels seen you know and and i know this especially from my work in sexuality as a clinical sexologist that people want to see themselves reflected in the relationship whatever relationship it is how do you reconcile that as part of the work that you do it ties through everything mm. from the moment you say hello being able to see that person and help that I mean, it can save lives, right? People are so lonely. It's this loneliness epidemic. And when the sales call is something that warms their heart, inspires them, helps them more importantly to see themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really the beauty of coaching. And when you can demonstrate that on a sales call, you give them a taste of what it's like to work with you without giving coaching away. Mm -hmm. And they start to just have this feeling you know, typically people won't remember what you say, right? But they'll always remember how you made them feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that we've gotten to a place of sales calls being an antidote for loneliness in 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 the world. And I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Uh, from time to time, I hop on the phones at Lumia. And I had an experience recently where somebody saw one of our Instagram uh, ads and saw that she could speak to a real person. And this mm-hmm. person booked a call simply because they wanted to speak to a real person. Oh, it wow. was coming from this place of loneliness. This was somebody that was down on their luck. They were living in a shelter and they got me on the other end of the phone. And we had the best conversation about who this human was, what their strengths were, what their skills were, the bravery that it took to actually book a call, to answer it, to talk to a stranger. I got to educate this person about coaching and how it worked. And from that perspective, you know, it truly was an antidote to loneliness. It truly was perhaps a touchstone that may have saved somebody's life. And at Lumia, I always tell our humans who work our phones, we care more about how we make people feel and connect with our brand than we do about actually enrolling someone in our program, because that's what it's all about is modeling coaching behavior in the world. And if we can do that as part of our sales cycle and our sales process, then we are going in the right direction. So for you, what does it mean to sell how you serve? This has almost become a cliche. So I've almost shied away from a little bit because sales is service. And everybody goes, okay, well, that sounds really good. What the heck does that even possibly mean? Yeah. Well, here's what it means. And you just described it on that call. Yeah. Maybe that woman wasn't ready for a coach training program right now, but she was ready to be seen for the first time. Yeah. Maybe somebody else calls and they're not ready for a coach, but they're ready for a therapist. Yes. Somebody else telling them that 
is what they need to take the action. Yeah, absolutely. I, when I, my private practice looks very different than my day job. My day job, I'm a coach trainer. I'm at Lumia. We're an ICF training program. My coaching practice is uh, grounded in my background in human sexuality. I do non-traditional relationships. I do anti-shame work. I do colonized mind, kink, identity, you know, the whole nine yards. It's, it is um, a radical slice of life, if you will. And when I take a client intake call, that's part of how I sell um, as I serve is I don't sugarcoat things. We talk about my views of capitalism. We talk about my views of patriarchal culture. We talk about my views of feminist theory. And I really give people the real raw deal in who I am and, and the values that are kind of at the core of our work to give the person on the other end the opportunity to share with me their story and, and why they came to the table in the first place. You know, if this is what I have, how come you're here, friend? Like, let's, let's get into it. Let's walk over the bridge together. I found it creates um, a really strong measure of curiosity. And, and it's also, it is not a tactic. It's very true. As a coach, I am not for everyone and everyone's not for me. So coming into the position of this discovery, just as you described, being fully prepared that you might not need to refer this person out, they might not be ready for coaching, also sets up this dynamic where the prospective client is like, huh, I thought I was going to be sold at all costs. How much do you self-disclose about your own story when you're in your sales process? One thing I'd want to say in response to what you said there, right, is this isn't a tactic. Hmm. And when we, w- humans are animals and we sense so much beyond the spoken word, yeah. you cannot fake your authenticity and your genuine desire to serve. Right. So true. And about my own story, you know, it depends. I always want to keep the focus on the client, mm-hmm. but I will definitely, after I can see that they're a good fit, I will definitely share something about my personal story so so that they can open up, right? With the goal and the intention of making this a safe space of being vulnerable and showing them that they can be vulnerable and share with me as well. Yes, yes. All right. So in that space, knowing that we're coaches, we have to sell our services, we have to make money, all of us have to do it, have to. Um, how do you toe this line, hold this space, and also successfully overcome objections? Mm. It may be hard to believe for some folks listening, but when you host, just like when you host a proper and aligned coaching call, you won't have objections per se. What you'll have is these little roadblocks or buying questions. Mm. And since you've created such a safe space, you've talked about money far before the end of the conversation, You've been vulnerable and shared something personal about your marriage or your sexuality or a struggle that you had or a bankruptcy or a big loss. Yeah. Then the person feels comfortable saying, gosh, this is a really big amount of money for me. I'm trying to think about where I could find those funds. Mm -hmm. And you have that kind of a conversation instead of, oh, wait, that's too much money. 
So you've done a wonderful job. If you've followed, I have a, a five steps to choice is my sales method of helping somebody really understand where they are truly, mm-hmm. where they want to go. And if you are the right fit for them and your active listening skills throughout would have sensed, oh, there's something with the spouse here that I want to invite them to share. And I'm going to gently nudge that during the coaching call itself. So objections are buying questions. And when you get them, you should get very excited because the client is a yes and they just want your support, just like they do in a coaching call on those action steps. What might get in the way? How can we overcome these together? How can we think beyond our circumstances right now and dream and scheme about what's possible? Yes. Yes. All right. So now let's flip the mirror around. So when you're on um, a client intake or sales call and you as a coach are feeling, is it a roadblock? Is it hesitation? How are you able to distinguish between authentic intuition of this isn't a good fit and performance anxiety of I want to close the sale because that's how I've been trained in society? Hmm. Is this a good fit? Gosh, you know, our intuition is so good as coaches. We have honed this. We have hundreds of hours of coaching. We know. I always like to invite people, though, to always check their bias because oftentimes, you know, of course, we all have our inherent bias. So we want to ask questions. If the person doesn't look like us or sound like us, let's ask some more thoughtful questions and make sure we're not just enrolling people who look and talk like us. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as how you'd have an open, honest conversation with someone. So you just like you will, you have created this rapport, you've done all this beautiful work, you've set the call up properly so that when these big questions come up, you dive into them with honesty, openness, authenticity, and the safety where the client feels really comfortable talking to you. Mm. We're never going to manipulate somebody. But that doesn't mean we're not going to call them up or call them out or speak the truth. Yeah. Because that is a part of our job as coaches. We say the tough thing. And when you're thinking, gosh, is that how you want to live your life? You know, you'll have created such rapport with a client that you can say the thing in a way that lands with them. And you can always ask permission to lean in. And that's what they want. If they came to the call, they want to work with you. They're looking for a coach. They're looking for support. And it's your job to support them around moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. So for our coaches who are brand new to this entire world, uh, what are some easy mistakes to make and how can we avoid them? For new coaches, especially, and actually I hear a lot of coach trainers say this, you feel like you're selling you. Mm, great point. And I would love to invite everyone that this has nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. how you look, your credentials, yeah. the size of a house you have, nothing. Yeah. What you're selling is coaching and this incredible transformation. Yeah. And when you can tap into that energy and release the outcome, Oof, it is, it's so powerful that selling yourself 
feels so personal. And I'm sorry, it's just not about you. It's not about you. And for me, that's a big, whoo. Okay. Okay. I can do this. Yeah. I'd love to make um, a bumper sticker out there. You know, coaches and sales. It's not about you. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a good one. It feels really good. It feels plaster it everywhere. And and that's so, I mean, it's so true. One of the things that I say as a coach trainer is, is in really enforcing that separation between self and work and identity and work. It's your life can be a total dumpster fire and you can still be really good at your job. And so from that perspective, you know, there, there, there must be necessary separation between the identity that we hold of our career and, you know, ourselves, our our whole selves. All right. So what is one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Mm, I think I already said it, but I will repeat it. And studies show that you will only remember a fraction of what we spoke about here today. Fair. So if I can remind everyone before your next sales call to instead Instead of thinking about how the one-liner you're going to say to get somebody to say yes or how important it is for you to make the sale, I want to invite you to get embodied, Mm. take a deep breath, maybe do a reading or a prayer or an exercise that feels good to you. And then, like we discussed, think for a minute, even close your eyes and visualize that client and how brave they were to come to that call. It's a real, a lot of bravery. So take care of them. And think about how do you want them to feel? Mm-hmm. The moment you say hello and just bathe them in that energy, and no matter what happens, it's going to be perfect. Awesome. 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 And now I know that so many folks are going to want to reach out to you to have more of this magical special sauce. Where can folks find you? Well, first off, they can tune into my podcast, Joyful Selling, as a life coach. And then I do have um, my book. I have it here, Joyful Selling, A Better Way to Yes for Heart-Centered Coaches. And you can get that on Amazon. And if you'd like to read the first chapter, you can get it on my website, michellerockwood.com. Awesome. That is so generous. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I can't wait to get it into the hands of our audience, of our coaches, and um, get some of our students going on these concepts and techniques. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely a delight. Awesome. Well, we'll do it again. We'll absolutely do it again and enjoy the rest of your day. Um, And everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.